see on the end there. <laughs> and then our last one is just uh, just as I am. Uh, should be just. We are. Go we have. Uh, did you notice the Christmas uh, uh, shoeboxes that's been worked so hard on for many months, uh, and everyone pitched in there uh, and, and, and filled them. What about four weeks ago? We might have some pictures. I'm not sure, but uh, if not, my wife is going to come and just say a couple words about it, and we're going to pray over these boxes before they go out uh, all over the world. So, love, if you'd like to come, and I'll give you a microphone here. And Good morning, everybody. I just wanted to take another moment to thank you for all of your help in putting to everything that you've um, donated to make these boxes possible and for the time that you took to assemble the boxes. I, wanted, I want you to know uh, 143 boxes to send off, so that's great. <laughs> Last year, I think we had 121, so that's, I'm really proud of all of you for everything that you did to make these boxes possible. And I want to thank Brent in advance because she'll be bringing the boxes over sometime this week to the distribution center. So thank you. I'm I the Lord that when a child opens this box and they see on the very top a cross that they realize how much Jesus loves them. Pray together for the for the boxes. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to serve you and and, and to be um, you know your servants as we as, as these boxes have been prepared uh, by our, our our church, our missions committee, and just all the work that went into this. Lord, as it goes out to all the children, every child that receives a box, Lord, please anoint each one of these boxes, Lord, and each one has your word in it, and help them to, uh, to, to see and learn about Jesus, the gifts and things that are inside, Lord. Let them, let, let it, let it, your love, let, let, let the children know your love uh, as they open these boxes, Lord, and give them joy, and uh, just let your light shine and your word come through and bring them to faith in Jesus, Lord. Use these boxes, Lord, for your glory. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sweetheart. And also, I want to... Uh, we should probably go to the Lord in prayer before we go do anything else, shall we? So uh, let's pray for uh, for those that are that are not with us. We want to pray for Frank. We want to pray for Bruce. Bruce came to our a men's breakfast yesterday. Very briefly, he was in a little bit too much pain, so he had to go home. But uh, he's, you know, so let's pray for Bruce and Frank and and others. Okay, let's go to the Lord. Father, we do pray for those of us that are among us that are uh, sick and uh, th those of us that are uh, uh, healing. And pray
pray for Bruce and Frank, Lord, as they are rehabilitating. Just uh, continue to uh, strengthen them and heal them, Father. And uh, just uh, for those that are not with us uh, uh, that might be sick, we just pray that you minister your healing touch upon them, Lord. It's our uh, service. Thank you for everyone here. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to welcome uh, everyone here to this. Uh, good to see some <laughs> everybody here today, and uh, God blessings to you. I want to thank. Uh, yesterday we had a great men's breakfast. Uh, we had sixteen men come out. Praise the Lord! And uh, great cooks. Danny cooked his famous waffles. He he's got a secret ingredient. He won't tell us what it is. <laughs> Danny Joe Ramirez uh, was cooking in the kitchen with his uh, brother-in-law Alex. Also, Cecil was in there cooking in the kitchen, and we just had a great time. We thank God for that. So we had a blessed time. Oh, and uh, Brother Greg, uh, uh, who's preaching uh, uh, today at a, a church here in Modesto, he'll be back next week, uh, gave a wonderful message uh, to us as well. So it was a, a blessed time. And I got to bring my step-grandson, which is uh, Tessie's grandson, Aaron. So he really enjoyed it as well. He really enjoyed it. So thank God for that. This morning, we are going to start a three-week series uh, before the season of Advent. By the way, Advent starts uh, the last Sunday in November, November 27th. So we're getting ready for that. Um, so the three weeks leading up to that, we're going to talk about stewardship, okay? Stewardship. We're going to talk about the stewardship of our time our talents and our treasures, all right? So this morning, we're going to start talking about the stewardship of our time. Now, what is a steward? A steward is someone who has been given charge to manage something that belongs to someone else. We are stewards of the resources and the gifts that God has given us to enjoy. God has given us uh, resources to be, we are responsible to manage the resources that we have, and we're responsible to manage them wisely. Let me read to you what Rick Warren, Pastor Rick Warren, says about stewardship in his book, The Purpose Driven Life. He says it this way, the concept of stewardship begins with the recognition that God is the owner of everything and everyone on earth. The Bible says the world and all that is in it belong to the Lord. The earth and all who live in it are his. By the way, that's Psalm 24.1. He says we never really own anything during our brief stay on earth. God just loans the earth to us for a while while we're here. It was his property before we arrived, and God will loan it to someone else after you die. <laughs> you just get to enjoy it for a while. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Makes you think, doesn't it? Makes you think. You know, everything we have is just on loan. You know, the things, that, one of the things that God loans to us, one of the things he provides for us, one of the things that he blesses us with is time. Time. Like everything else, God provides us, the, the time that he provides us with is something we're to use for his purpose and for his glory. 
We're to use the time that we have on earth to, to glorify God. We're not to waste it, but we're to use it wisely for the Lord. Now, we're going to read in just a moment from Ephesians, if you have a Bible with it, and it'll be on the screen as well. Ephesians 5, verses 15 to 20. And in this section of Scripture, the Apostle Paul has been talking about putting off our old life and putting on our new life in Jesus Christ and living in the light. He, he, talks, he says we're no longer to live foolishly, but we're to live wisely for the Lord. So if you're ready, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna open up our Bibles, Ephesians 5, verses 15 to 20. And if you're able and willing, if you can stand together with me, and we're going to read Ephesians 5, verses 15 to 20. And it says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. He says, don't live unwise, but wise. One of the ways, one of the ways that we are to live wisely for the Lord is to make the best use of our time. Make the best use of our time. Be a good steward of your time. Manage your time and do it for the Lord. Manage your time for the Lord. Manage your time. Be wise. Be wise in how you do it. Use it in a way that seeks to please Him. Use it in a way that seeks to honor Him. Use it in a way that seeks to fulfill His purpose in your life. Manage your time. Manage your time. We're going to look at three methods this morning. How are you managing your time? How are, how are you using the time that God has given to you? We're going to look at three methods this morning. The scripture give a, gives us to manage our time for the Lord. And the first method is this. The first method, method to manage your time, organize. Organize. Put, put things in order. With, put things in order with wise decisions to make the best use of your time. What did we just read? Don't live unwisely, but wisely. You know, literally, literally it, it says in verse 15 of Ephesians 5, it says, um, Be careful, then, how you live. Uh, a, a more literal translation from the New American Standard says it this way. Look carefully how you live. The idea is to... To look around you, to look around you, to look circumspect, as the King James says. Look circumspectly. Look all around you. See that where you're walking. Make sure you're not walking on the unwise path or the foolish path or the wrong path, but walk straight. Make the best use of your time by walking straight 
with the Lord. What does it say? Proverbs 3, verse 6. If you acknowledge him in all your ways, he will make straight your path. For the best use of your time, make walk straight with the Lord. We don't want to be wasting our time going off the road from where God wants us to be. Amen? We want to be using our time wisely, carefully, carefully. How you use your time, listen now, is how you use your life. How you use your time is how you use your life. Don't walk unwisely, but walk wisely. Verse 16, it said this of Ephesians 6. It says, make the most of every opportunity. Again, more literally in the, in the New American Standard, it's more literally says, make the most of your time. The word time there in the original Greek is the word kairos. It's talking about, it's talking about the idea of an opportune time or time uh, that's given to you, uh, gives you the opportunity to do the necessary tasks you have to do. Don't you know God has necessary tasks that he wants you and I to do? God has a plan for you. When he created you from your mother's womb, he created you with a plan. He created you for a reason. He created you for a purpose. King, uh, King David talks about this in Psalm 139, Psalm 139. And he talks about how God weaved us, weaved them together. He weaves us together in our mother's womb. And it says this, it says this in what, Psalms 139, verse 16. It says this, God says, David says to God, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. You see, God has our life written in his book. The days ordained for you or purpose for you. See, every life has a story from beginning to end. And this story has chapters. Just like the chapters in a book. You know, some people, when they buy a book, they like to read the last chapter first to see how it's all going to end, you know? Listen, every one of us has a last chapter. And it's wise for us to keep an eye on the end. Listen, keep an eye on the ending of your earthly life helps you walk in wisdom for the rest of your life. You have a last chapter. I have a last chapter. It helps you to plan your time wisely on this earth. It helps you to manage your time. How do you manage your time for the Lord? You organize your time. You organize your time with an eye on the end. Use it. Plan how to use your time. But plan it with an eye on the last chapter. Kirk Cousins, football fans, anybody remember Kirk Cousins? He's a current football star, foot, star uh, quarterback for, anybody know? Minnesota Vikings. Christian man. And uh, he has a statue in, right outside his front door that has a very unusual purpose. It's a sculpture. And it, it, it's there to remind him how, that he is going to die. Hopefully not soon, <laughs> but he's going to die. Someday he's going to die. He plans to live 90 years. He thinks he's going to, that's his goal, you know, he think, 90 years old. So here's what he does. He has, he figures that's 720 months from the age he is right now. 
do the math. <laughs> That's more than I can do. Uh, 720 months. Now, he must be 30 years old. I did that a little earlier. Okay? So he has 720 stones inside this stone jar. And uh, each month he takes out one stone and he carries it with him. And I want you to hear what he told ESPN News. That's a sports, uh, that's a sports new, uh, newscast. He said this. He told the reporter. Every, the reporter writes about him. He says this. Every month he takes out a stone, puts it in his pocket, and thinks once this month is over, once this month is over, it's gone. You can't get it back. It's gone for good. And he takes out the stone. It's a visual reminder. He takes the, then he removes it. He takes it out. It's a reminder that his time on earth is getting shorter and shorter. Every month, take out a stone. Every month, take out a stone. He says the idea of these stones came from him, from the Bible teacher that taught him Psalm 90, verse 12. Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You see, making the most of our time by keeping an eye on the end. Keeping an eye on the end. Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a great king of Judah. And he came to a point where his life was about to end. He had a disease. He had a disease that could not be cured. A cancer that could not be cured. And... Uh, 2 Kings chapter 20. 2 Kings chapter 20. Hezekiah knew that his, his, his time was coming to an end. And Isaiah the prophet spoke to him the words of the Lord. And God said this to Hezekiah. 2 Kings chapter 20 verse 1. He says, In those days Hezekiah became ill, and it was at the point of death. And the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, this is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you are going to die and you will not recover. You know, that's the right thing to do. If you're going to die, is to put your house in order. But you know what? That's also the, how we're supposed to live, isn't it? To put your house in order. What does the Bible say? That all things be done decently and in order. Organize. Organize your life for the best use of your time. Now, Hezekiah, this was a time where the enemy was coming in. The Assyrians were about to capture the city of, capital city of Jerusalem. Hezekiah, uh, this was a time when his people needed him most. It was a time where he... Where, he, he pleaded to God for some more time. He wept before the Lord. Please give me more time. And you know God heard that prayer? Ha, he heard that prayer. Second, Second Kings chapter 20. Second Kings chapter 20 and verse 6. It says this. I will, God speaking now, I will add 15 years to your life. And I will deliver you. And this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and the, for the sake of my servant David. You see, God gave Hezekiah more time to do the task that he needed to do. He gave him that time in his grace and in his mercy. And Hezekiah did defend the city. He fulfilled that purpose. You and I were born for a purpose. You were born to, to listen to this. 
I didn't finish, I didn't finish reading uh, 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 um, Cousin's, Cousin's quote. He said this, and it applies to you and I as well. He says, this verse about numbering our days is about the importance of leaving a mark and making a deposit in people's lives in a way that matters. In other words, you have an understanding that life is coming to an end someday and that we only have so many days. There is wisdom in that. Hezekiah fulfilled his task in his time. God had a purpose for him as he has a purpose for you to do. Tasks he wants you to do in the time that he's given you to do it. Keep an eye on the end. That's how we're to organize. Organize your time for the Lord. So, our first method of organizing our time for the Lord, or, uh, of managing our time for the Lord is to organize. Organize uh, your time. Number two, the second method, the second method of managing your time for the Lord is prioritize. Prioritize. Put first things first. Decide what's most important and give it the time it deserves. Don't live unwisely, but live wisely. What should be your highest priority? What should be the thing that you focus on first? Matthew 6, verse 33. Many of you know it. Seek ye first, amen, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Listen to another translation. It says it this way. It says, seek, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. To have your priorities right is to put God first. In all your decision making, put God first. To stay on the right track with the Lord, put God first. That's putting your priorities in order. Putting your priorities in order. And when you do, when you do it that way, God will guide you, God will provide for you, and God will bless your efforts. Seek ye first his kingdom, his righteousness. Manage your time for the Lord. Place it. Place. Put it at the place. Look for the place to spend it. The place where you spend it. The place where you spend it. Places where you spend it is where you invest it. Spending is to invest it. You invest your time. Live wisely, making your priorities straight with the Lord. Invest in your time. In your, what is, what, what, what do you, what, what, where are we to invest our time? In our, first and foremost, in our relationship with God. Invest your time in your relationship with God first. Invest your time in your relationship. Invest your time in prayer, talking to God. Invest your, invest your time in the Word, listening to God. And invest your time in fellowship with the family of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Yeah. If you want God's blessing in your, life, in your life with victory, you've got to get your priorities straight. Spend your time with God. Spend your time with the Lord. Joshua was a leader. He was a leader. Moses passed it down the baton to Joshua. He led the people of Israel into the promised land. He crossed the Jordan River. How did he do it? 
God opened up the, the river. Just like he did the Red Sea 40 years earlier, God parted the Jordan River. And they walked right through. And uh, the, the, the Canaanites, who they were to battle, God told them uh, to, to conquer the land. He said, this is a land I'm going to give you as a possession. So they conquered. Uh, I'm sorry, they, they went inside. They, they went past the Jordan into the promised land. Their enemies, the Canaanites, when they heard about this, when they heard about how God had parted the, the Jordan River, they were terrified. It says this. It says this. Uh, Joshua chapter 5. If you'd like to turn there, we're going to look at just a couple of verses in Joshua chapter 5. You know, it, it says this. It says in verse 1, their hearts, the Canaanites, melted. It melted in fear, and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. It seems like this was the time was right. It seemed they had the right momentum. It seemed this was the time to, for victory. And God said, stop. Why did he say stop? Why did he tell them to stop? Because they had to first get their priorities right with God. They had to first prepare themselves spiritually before they went any further. You see, this generation of Israelites had never been circumcised. They had never been circumcised. Circumcision was a, a, a covenant, a sign of the covenant relationship with God, just like baptism is today. We're getting ready for going to have a baptism sometime in the near future. Baptism is a sign of our covenant relationship with God. They were to stop. And God said this. It's in verse 6. God says this. He told them, uh, verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 2, I'm sorry. Verse 2. And, and God said, make flint knives. He told the Lord, told Joshua, make flint knives, circumcise the Israelites again. You see, they needed to take the time to renew their covenant with the Lord through circumcision. So in verse 8, in verse 8, it says, the whole nation, after the whole nation had been circumcised, you know, all the, the men of that nation were circumcised. They remained where they were. They didn't go any further. They remained in that camp until they were healed. It wasn't time to go storming in. It was a time to stop. It was a time to get their priorities straight. It was a time to put God first. It was a time to remember their relationship with God. It was a time. It was a time to, 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 to know who they were and who God was in their life because they could not expect victory in battle uh, if, if they did not put God first. They could not expect Victory in battle, they needed to get their priorities. They needed to get their priorities straight. They needed to get right with God. They needed to set themselves apart for God. They needed to remember their covenant with God. Put God first. Put God first. They needed that time. Do you take the time? Do you take that time? Do you take the time to, to have devotions with God? Do you take the time to, to, to renew your relationship with God? Amen. That's something we're to do every day on a daily basis. Amen. You know, Israel couldn't, uh, would, would, 
God would give, they would give the victory. God did give them the victory. The first battle they fought was the battle of Jericho. Amen, you know that battle. God, God through his mighty hand, knocked those walls down. But it, was, it wouldn't have happened if they had not first put God first, spend time with the Lord first. And that's what they did. And that's what they did. Putting God first. Seek first to live for God. Seek first uh, his righteousness, and he will bless your life with victory. He will bless your life with victory. How, should, how are we to manage our time with the Lord? We're to organize it. We're to prioritize it. And third, and finally, we are to maximize it. Maximize. Maximize your time with the Lord. Get the most out of your time. Ephesians, what did it say? Ephesians 5.16. Make the most of every opportunity. King James says it this way. Make the most or redeem your time. Make the most of your time, New American Standard. Make the most of your kairos, your time, your opportune time. See, God will open the door with opportunity for you in his time. In his time. Listen to this. In many ways, our lives are defined by opportunities taken or opportunities missed. Okay? So we have to be aware that and take advantage. The Bible tells us take advantage of the opportunities that God, the opportunities that God gives you. God regularly places divine moments in our lives. He puts them in front of us to take advantage of these divine moments to do good for the Lord, to, uh, to do good for the Lord. But you've got, for that to happen, you've got to be looking. You've got to be looking. You've got to be looking with a spirit of prayer. Be looking to do the good work God has prepared for you to do. It might be giving someone a word of comfort, giving someone a word of encouragement. It might be... Uh, doing an active service to help somebody in need. It might be praying for something that God put upon your heart. Divine moments. God will give you these, these opportunities. He will open the door to you for these opportunities. To be used by God for His purpose. But th for that to happen, you have to act in His time. That's the point. Act in His time. Maximize your time by acting in God's. We maximize our time when we act in God's time. Maximize your time. Practice how to work it. Practice how to work with God to work in His time. To make the most of, of your time. Sometimes it might be mean waiting on God. We don't like that. Sometimes that's a hard part, isn't it? Sometimes it might be waiting on God. You know, waiting, Potiphar accused Joseph in the Old Testament, Potiphar's wife, rather, accused Joseph. He was thrown into jail, and he was in the prison, and he was in a dungeon. He was thrown in this prison dungeon with uh, uh, two other men. Uh, one of them was a cupbearer. And in, in Genesis chapter 40, uh, chapter 40 uh, Joseph 
the, the cupbearer had a dream, and he told Joseph about it, and, and, and Joseph interpreted the cupbearer's dream. And uh, Joseph told, in the, in the interpretation of the dream, that in three days you're going to be released from this prison. And the cupbearer, and it happened. And it happened. And Joseph asked the cupbearer this one request. He says in Genesis chapter 40, verse 14, When all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh to get me out of this prison. Did the cupbearer remember Joseph? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. It was two more years before this time Pharaoh had the dream. Pharaoh had the dream, and then, ah, oh, the cupbearer remembers. And he talks to Pharaoh, and he tells him, he knows a man, he remembers a man that knows how to interpret dreams, and he tells him all about Joseph. So Pharaoh calls, sends for Joseph, and he says this, Genesis chapter 41, verse 14. It says, Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon where he had shaved and changed his clothes. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream, and no one can interpret it, but I've learned that, I've heard that you, I've heard that you, when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph said, no, I cannot do it. He says, but God, God will give Pharaoh the answer to his desires, and he did, and he did. And, and Joe, as a result, ultimately, as a result of interpreting the dream, he was put in second in command. To the Pharaoh. But here's the point. He had to wait two years for this to happen. It, in God's time. In God's divine time. Sometimes we have to wait. We got to wait on God's time. Sometimes. So we have to practice how to work with the time that God has given us. Practice work with the time God has given you. Sometimes, I mean, you might have to Wait. Sometimes it means acting. When the door is open, you got to act. You got to move. You got to go. Acts chapter sixteen. Paul, the apostle Paul, is on a missionary journey with his companions, and he goes through Galatia, present-day Turkey, and there's other places he wants to go. He's going through that region in Europe, that region in Turkey. And God shuts the door. He, he, the, Holy, said, the Bible says the Holy Spirit kept him from going to these places. He was kept from preaching the word to these places. But then something happened in the night. Something happened in the night. And, it's, and Paul had a vision. Acts chapter 16 and verse 9. It says, Paul had a vision during the night. Acts 16, 9. During the night. He had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, it says we got ready at once. We got ready at once to leave for Macedonia and concluded that God had called us to preach the gospel to Macedonia. So that's what happened. He answered the Macedonian call. It led him to Philippi. And this is the gateway. This is called the gateway to Europe. Many historians believe that it was due to the Paul answering the call to Macedonia, the gateway to Europe, that the gospel was preached, Christianity spread through Europe and the Western world and to you and I. But it all happened in God's time. You see, the door is open. 
You've got to go through it when it's time. When it's time. There are opportunities that God presents to us. There are doors that God will open for us. But we've got to be ready. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. You've got to be ready when that door opens. You've got to be ready in God's time. In God's time. Ready to move. Take the opportunities. Be ready and act in God's time. The greatest opportunity God gives us is the opportunity to receive salvation. To go through that door. You know, Jesus said, I am the door. He who, he, he who enters through me will, will be saved. John chapter 10, verse 9. There are, and today is that day. Today the door is open. Hebrews 3.15. If you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Today is the day of salvation. Just like Paul answered the call to the Macedonians, Jesus wants you to answer the call to him. If you haven't yet received him, it's time. It's time. Maximize your time by acting in God's time, whether it's waiting in his time, on his time or whether it's acting when the door is open. But do it all. Do it all in God's time. Manage your time for the Lord. The first method of managing your time is to organize. Organize your time with an eye on the end of the book. Kirk Cousins had it right. When he put those stones in his pocket, we need to number our days. We need to number our days to have a heart of wisdom. Organize your time to leave a mark, to make a deposit in people's lives. Not only organize, but prioritize. Put God first. Amen. Joshua's army of Israelites had to stop before they went any further. If they were going to win the battles, they needed to take the time, get right with God, put God first. And then number three, maximize. Maximize. Maximize to manage your time, to, to make the most out of your time. Make the most out of your time by acting in God's time, not your time, in God's time. Act in God's time. He might have you to wait like Joseph in the prison. He might have you to go through the door right away like Paul in Macedonia. But practice how to work with God by working in his time. You see, we are stewards. We're stewards of our time. We've got to use it wisely. You know, you've only got so many stones in, the <laughs> in that jar right there. Everything we have is on loan from God. Even our time. Be good stewards of what God has given to you. Manage your time for the Lord. Manage your time. Because to manage your time is to manage your life. And both are gifts from God to be used for His glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you, Lord, for the time that you give us here on earth. You know, each of our lives is a story. It's a book. It has a beginning and an end. And, Lord, only you know the time that we'll be here. Lord, help us to, 
to, to manage our time for you, Lord. Manage it wisely and take advantage of the opportunities you give us to be used by you, Lord, to put you first in all things and then to act in your time for your glory. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray.